Good morning. For today, President Biden visits New York to tout efforts to bring manufacturing jobs back to the state and a hot mic moment right when he got off the plane. Gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake has some criticism for the media and their coverage of a recent break-in at her opponent's campaign office. The NYPD issued a bulletin about election safety. Meanwhile, a former New York police inspector has a prediction on who Mayor Adams would prefer as governor. The bird is freed. That's what billionaire Elon Musk tweeted after closing the deal to buy Twitter. One of his first actions as owner was to fire top executives. Find out more about the $44 billion acquisition. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. And I'm Evelyn Lee. Good morning. Today's Friday, October 28th. So Musk bought Twitter. I guess that begs the question if former President Trump would return to the platform. I mean, he's allowed to now, but he said that he would not He would never. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I mean, but Alyssa Farah, who used to work in the Trump administration, said he might change his mind. I mean, after all, on Truth Social, Trump only has about 5% of the followers he had on Twitter. You got a point there, but staying with the current president, he is traveling to the U.S. He's traveling the U.S. to campaign for his party right when we're approaching the midterms. The president is hoping to convince voters that Democrats are the best for the job when it comes to fighting inflation and creating jobs. He compared his economic plan with Republicans' plan yesterday. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more on Biden's Thursday visit to New York. Biden was speaking in Syracuse, where one of the largest microchip manufacturers in the world, U.S.-based company Micron Technology, is building a new facility. And it's going to ensure that the future is made in America. The company plans to invest up to $100 billion in computer chip manufacturing. This after President Biden signed the Bipartisan Chips Act, subsidizing the semiconductor industry in August this year. With Micron's $100 billion investment alone, we're going to increase America's share of global memory chips and production by 500%. Micron is crediting the new law for its facility that it says will create 50,000 jobs, jobs that will pay an average of $100,000 a year. Making these chips in America is going to help lower the cost for families looking to buy a car, to replace your washing machine, get a new cell phone. It also helps companies outcompete the rest of the world. Biden also praised recent economic growth data and says consumer spending is stable. He credited that to his economic plan at work. And it's working compared to what the very conservative Republicans are offering these days. The U.S. economy grew 2.6 percent in the third quarter after contractions earlier this year. Domestic demand was the weakest in two years following the Fed's aggressive interest rate hikes. Biden has done more traveling to campaign for candidates in recent weeks appearing with more vulnerable House Democrats in California and New York, and in virtual fundraisers for candidates in Iowa, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Some of the Senate seats most at risk for Democrats are Arizona, Nevada, New Hampshire, and Georgia, although not all of them want Biden's help. Some prefer not to be tagged with the National Party brand and President Biden's sinking job approval. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Biden is traveling to Philadelphia Friday in Florida next week. He's scheduled to headline a rally for Democratic gubernatorial candidate Charlie Crist on Tuesday. And speaking of issues in the campaign trail, Georgia's Senate race between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock came up yesterday for Biden. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was caught on a hot microphone when President Biden arrived in New York. 
Schumer specifically mentioned Georgia as a concern. Have a listen. Walker held a campaign event on Thursday. He was joined by Senator Ted Cruz. Cruz said he was there to support Walker and that he believes he will win. And in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman's debate performance Tuesday night concerns some Democrats. It's a race that could decide control of the Senate. Republican nominee Mehmet Oz has been gaining in the polls in recent weeks. And over in Arizona, accusations are flying from candidates for governor. Republican nominee Carrie Lake is accusing journalists of trying to influence the election. She was responding to media coverage by a statement made by her opponent, Katie Hobbs, that was in connection to a break-in at Hobbs' campaign headquarters. And today's Daniel Monahan has the details. She put out a defamatory statement, and you all ran with it. You didn't do your journalistic duty. It was malpractice of journalism like I've never seen before. And it was an effort, I believe, to influence this election. Many of you are an arm of the Democrat Party. Many of you are propagandists. And almost all of you should be ashamed. The Hobbs campaign statement on the break-in said that she and her staff have received hundreds of death threats over the course of the campaign, and that Carrie Lake and her allies have been spreading dangerous information and inciting threats against anyone they see fit. Meanwhile, a tweet by the Arizona Democratic Party tied Lake even closer to the break-in. It said, make no mistake, this is a direct result of Carrie Lake and fringe Republicans spreading lies and hate and inciting violence, and it is despicable. Lake says the media is trying to avoid reporting on what she calls the real story. Obviously, you don't want to cover the real story today, which we are 11 points up in the polls. The break-in occurred on Tuesday this week. Phoenix police arrested a suspect for the break-in and burglary yesterday. His name is Daniel Mota Dos Reis. Dos Reis had already been arrested on Wednesday for a separate burglary. Lake reacted to the arrest. Fox 10 News, my old employer, wow. They actually did more to protect the criminal in this case. They blurred his face. Hobbs was asked to react to news of the arrest. You have reason about, to believe I'm that this was politically motivated. I'm not talking it's about kind of a big deal, though, that your campaign office was broken into. I think do we, do access we, do, to safe and legal abortion is kind of a big deal, and that's what we're here to talk about. Do you have about reason today. to believe it was Dos Reis is facing an assault charge in addition to multiple criminal trespass charges. He identifies himself as an immigrant from Angola on his personal Facebook page. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. At the same time, the New York Police Department called for elevated vigilance. It's warning that extremists could target political events and polling sites. NTD's Daniel Monahan has that story. The Justice Department has an obligation to prevent, uh, to guarantee a free uh, and fair uh, vote by everyone who's qualified to vote. However, the NYPD says that guarantee is in jeopardy. It says poll workers, people at rallies, and political candidates face heightened risk of attack. This in the run-up to the November 8th elections. The department published the warning in an internal bulletin. 
The bulletin stressed it was drawing attention to the risk of attacks or threats, even though there were no credible threats known by police at the time. Rising crime rates have become a top election issue for voters in New York and across the country. Public safety took center stage this week at a debate between New York Governor Kathy Hochul, a Democrat, and U.S. Representative Lee Zeldin, her Republican challenger. I mean, people are at home waiting for action to make sure that the handcuffs are going on criminals instead of law-abiding New Yorkers, so that people can go walk the streets of Manhattan instead of having to call an Uber just to go two blocks because they're afraid. There is no crime-fighting plan if it doesn't include guns, illegal guns, and you refuse to talk about how we can do so much more. However, Zeldin said the issue goes beyond gun crime. People who have changed their behavior, they're not riding the subway at the same hours. Maybe they're Jewish, they take their yarmulke off because they're afraid of being attacked. Maybe there is a woman, they tell me these stories of having to hug a pole or grab a guardrail because they're afraid of being pushed in front of an oncoming subway car. In July, Zeldin was giving a campaign speech when a man climbed on stage and tried to stab him. Zeldin was not harmed in the incident and the attacker was arrested. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Former NYPD inspector Paul Morrow made a surprising claim on America's Newsroom. He said he believes New York City Mayor Eric Adams would prefer Republican Lee Zeldin as the state's next governor. Morrow said he doesn't believe that Adams trusts Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul's plans to fight crime. Zeldin and Hochul squared off in a primetime debate on Tuesday. They traded barbs over rising crime and the ongoing surge of violence plaguing New York City. Morrow said he believes Adams wants to address crime, but that it would be much more difficult if Hochul remains governor. If you take recidivist, chronic incorrigibles and lock them up, at least they can't do it anymore. Now, the mayor can do certain things, especially regarding Rikers. And that's why I actually think 8 November, when he goes into the booth, because he can't publicly go against his base, I think Adams pulls that lever for Zeldin. Yeah. Zeldin gives him the top cover he needs to do some of the stuff that he wants to be his legacy, which is fixing New York. Morrow also mentioned the fact that Rikers Island Jail is scheduled to close by 2027. And that there will be a 40% reduction in the amount of jail beds. Meanwhile, numbers by the NYPD show that New York City's crime rate is rising rapidly, especially in the subway system. Some, and that includes Mayor Eric Adams, say that it's not that bad in reality and a lot of it is perception and fear. I asked the founder of Guardian Angels what he thinks and what they've been seeing patrolling the city. Uh, I've been doing this, uh, patrolling the subways since 1979, over 40 years. I've been riding the train by myself since 1960, when I was five years old. I have never seen it this bad. We never had this many emotionally disturbed persons in the subway and pushing people into the tracks. So I'd like Eric Adams to explain to me how that is a perception of fear and how we just have to look at the analytics. He does not seem to get it. New York City is not recovered yet because the predominant number of people who ride the subway are women. They are the majority of the workers. That's why half the office buildings are empty. It's not because of COVID-19 any longer. Nightlife has not recovered. Restaurants, bars, nightclubs, because women are afraid to go out at night, mostly women, and they can't afford always to Uber around from place to place. So that's what's even more frightening is that it could happen anytime, anyplace, anywhere to any person in the subway system. And that's why it has had a devastating impact.
we're losing about a third of our, our subway riders every day. A third of our subway riders have not returned. Wow, yeah, that's certainly scary. And it's not just the subways. I mean, shootings used to happen in back alleys in the dark of the night. And now it's during the afternoon at times in, in a crowded street. Uh, where do you think this confidence is coming from, um, let's say? Because it seems like criminals feel like they can get away with more and more nowadays. Well, when it comes to the teenage gang members who are responsible for most of the gun crimes, they know there are no consequences. In fact, if they get arrested the first time with a loaded handgun in most of the boroughs, they don't go to jail. They go to what they call a diversion program. That means once a week they come in, they see a counselor, they promise that they'll never commit that crime again. And then within a month, they're released back into the street. And then they tell all their gangbangers, wow, I didn't do any time. All I had to go was once a week to a counselor. And this repeats itself over and over. The problem is here and now, and if we don't get control of this by, let's say, January 1st, businesses will not want to come to New York. More businesses will flee to Florida and Texas, and a lot of people will continue to leave. And on that topic, getting control of this, um, what do you think is the root cause of this issue? I would say the root cause of this, obviously, is the pandemic, the lockdown of March of 2020, when everything just got chaotic. We released emotionally disturbed persons from hospitals because we needed the beds. I understand that. We, we, we didn't have enough beds. But we never went back out to recover these people and bring them back in to give them the medicine and the therapy they need. So they're a danger to themselves and everyone else. Then we have no cash bail. We're the only state in America where we do not let a judge make a decision as to whether someone is a danger to themselves or someone else, and then they get remanded to jail, no bail. Even California allows for that in Massachusetts, very liberal, progressive states. So we have only ourselves to blame. And mm. we have less police officers than ever before. We're down to 34,000. Many of them are going to early retirement or they're going to work for other police departments. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Curtis Leo with the Guardian Angels. And as somebody that is living in New York, I certainly, it's certainly a bit of a relief to have somebody out there. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to be out there no matter who's elected governor, who's the mayor, who's uh, making the decisions, because we're there for the people. Great. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Just ahead, there's a new chief twit in virtual town square. The world's richest man, Elon Musk, officially owns Twitter. Find out more about the acquisition and Musk's plans moving forward. And shares of tech giant Meta plunging on Thursday. What's behind it? That and much more after the break. Welcome back. The bird is freed. That's the tweet Elon Musk made after becoming the owner of Twitter yesterday. Musk's first move was firing top executives, and it seems no one's job is safe in the company, as Elon Musk says he plans to cut jobs. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the acquisition. Before closing the $44 billion acquisition, Elon Musk changed his Twitter profile description to Chief Twit. Musk said Thursday after the deal went through that he did not buy the company to make more money, but to try and help humanity, which he loves. So he wants to build a super app. He wants to add payments. He wants to do more video. He maybe wants to make it like a protocol. He wants to, 
verify users. I mean, he wants to do all these big things. At the same time, he wants to cut 75% of all the people that currently work there. One of his first actions was to fire CEO Parag Agarwal, CFO Ned Siegel, and the company's general counsel. That's according to people familiar with the matter, who spoke on the condition of anonymity due to the sensitive nature of the personnel moves. Musk accused them of misleading him and Twitter investors over the number of fake accounts on the platform. The anonymous sources say Agarwal and Siegel were escorted out of Twitter's San Francisco headquarters when the deal closed. Musk has talked about the importance of free speech, and it's widely assumed he will make fewer limits on content that can be posted. The billionaire entrepreneur says he wants to prevent the platform from becoming an echo chamber for hate and division. I think there is a chance that, that one of the first things he'd like to do is bring back everybody that was banned or bring back everybody that was controversial. Certainly that's part of his MO. That's not to say there will be no moderation moving forward. Musk said in an open letter to advertisers on Thursday that Twitter obviously cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences. Goals he's outlined include wanting to defeat spam bots on the platform and be transparent about the algorithms that determine how content is presented to users. Twitter shares were up Thursday, ending the day just under the price Musk paid. The stock will be delisted from the New York Stock Exchange Friday. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Big businesses are leaving the Golden State. One industry expert who specializes in site location for large corporations talks about the changes for business standards in the post-COVID world. NTD's Daniel Hall reports. Businesses in California are either leaving the state outright or drastically changing their business models. John Boyd is principal with The Boyd Company, a corporate mobility-focused company that provides location counseling for businesses. His company recently released a study that names top U.S. cities for corporate headquarters relocations. It also goes into what The Boyd Company calls a shift to a new normal in office structure. Twitter is one of those companies in question and where Musk may move the headquarters. And Boyd told NTD this is becoming the standard. Major corporations moving head office and, and major regional office operations out of California has become a, a norm today, not, not an exception. A main point of the study's analysis is state tax structures by comparing operating costs. According to the study, since Nevada and Texas do not impose corporate or personal income tax, they offer higher savings on operating costs compared to the Golden State. We're seeing a preference for suburban locations that in are in markets desirable for relocating employees. This is an era of unprecedented mobility. Increasingly, workers want to move to areas that have a lower tax burden. So we're looking at states that lack a personal income tax or lack a corporate, as well as a favorable corporate income tax structure. The study found that high operating costs and rising taxes, along with homelessness and crime, have led corporations such as Charles Schwab, Oracle, Hewlett-Packard Enterprise, Wells Fargo, and others to move their headquarters out of California. It's also high-profile influential celebrities like Joe Rogan and Mark Wahlberg, who recently, recently announced he's moving his family out of California to Nevada to potentially even do a new film studio. It's influential hedge fund managers. and tech billionaires like Larry Ellison, who have left California in recent years because of the high taxes and also the crime issue. Boyd highlighted several areas as top pick spots for corporate headquarters. The top was Minden, Nevada. Minden is, is very attractive because it has land and uh, it has proximity to both Reno and Lake Tahoe. 
and some of the most pristine uh, views, I think, anywhere in North America. That that view, uh, an office window view out of Minden overlooking the Sierra Nevada mountains, I would compare that to a view of the Manhattan skyline in, in lower Manhattan. Positions ranked second through fifth were located in Texas, but not in major cities. Boyd said this reflects the new spoke and hub model that businesses have taken up after COVID-era lockdowns. Daniel Hall, NTD News, California. Shares of Facebook parent Meta dropped a whopping 25% Thursday with $80 billion wiped off its market cap. The drop followed Wednesday's third quarter earnings report that was not good. NTD's Sean Marshall has the details. Meta has a number of unique problems for giant tech company. After it announced earnings that missed analyst expectations, Meta shares dropped over 20%. They're in a serious battle with Apple, multiple digital media uphill battles, and it's transforming its business at a pretty rough time. In the recent earnings call, Mark Zuckerberg shared Meta's focus. In 2023, uh, we're going to focus our investments on a small number of high-priority growth areas. So that means that some teams will grow meaningfully, but uh, most other teams will stay flat or shrink over the next year. Now, here's the part of the call where Zuckerberg sounded a little less confident. So it's, it's, um, it's hard to have like a simple, um, you know, we're going to do this one thing and that's going to solve all the issues. I mean, there's, there's macroeconomic issues. There's, there's a lot of competition. There's, um, you know, ads challenges, especially coming from Apple. In the battle of Apple versus Meta, here's what's happening. Apple quietly updated its App Store rules to require that iOS developers use in-app purchases, which gives Apple a 30% commission from the app's revenue. And if that's not enough, Apple's also investing in virtual reality and augmented reality. They're set up to be a major competitor against one of Meta's biggest investments. For Meta's future, Zuckerberg is looking to further leverage artificial intelligence and he believes their messaging apps are a fairly under-monetized resource. He mentioned their click-to-click ads are worth $9 billion. He also said he believes they can build a substantial-sized business around paid messaging. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Coming up, the Natural History Museum in New York City is expanding. Officials offer a guided tour to the new wing. Find out what awaits visitors in the new year. And residents of Hawaii are being warned to prepare for a possible volcano eruption. The warning follows a recent spike in earthquakes on the island. We'll have the details after the break. A new wing will be opening soon at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. Museum officials on Thursday gave a guided tour to the Richard Gilder Center for Science, Education and Innovation. Here's Entities Costa Manesque with more. The new expansion is being built into the existing museum, originally from the 19th century. Well, this, is, this new Gilder Center at the American Museum of Natural History is an absolutely unique thrilling and totally transporting space. And when people come into this space, this magnificent Griffin atrium, they are going to be invited to go on a journey of exploration and discovery. The cost of the venue is over $430 million. It is funded by the city and state of New York and private funding sources. It will feature a live insect exhibit, a research library and a learning center. 
It will also feature an exhibit called Invisible Worlds. You'll have a new experience, an invisible world's experience. We'll take you to the depths of the ocean floor. We'll take you inside a rainforest, inside a leaf, inside the human brain, taking you to see spaces and places and systems you've never seen before and that you can't see with the naked eye. Museum officials say the new wing will house four million scientific specimens. It will open to the public on February 17, 2023. Cost MNS. NTD News. Officials in Hawaii are warning residents on the Big Island the world's largest active volcano may erupt given a recent spike in earthquakes. The Hawaiian Volcano Observatory said the summit of Mauna Loa has been in a state of heightened unrest since the middle of last month. That's when the number of summit earthquakes jumped from 10 to 20 per day to 40 to 50 per day. In the last three weeks or so, we had an increase in seismicity up to over 100 events per day. And that then translated into us getting a little bit more concerned. The volcano makes up around 50% of the island's landmass, and right now there are more than 200,000 people living there. But the earthquakes could continue for a while before any eruption, and they may dissipate with no eruption at all. And while scientists don't expect the volcano to erupt imminently, officials are reminding people that lava could reach some homes in just a few hours if and when it does erupt. Well, let's just hope everyone will stay safe there. Yes, definitely. Uh, on that note, that's all for today's program. Before you go, though, we'd love to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and your story at goodmorning at NTD.com. So please send us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.